0: Welcome to the Dog Zone Nine Thousand. I'm TV Sean Baby from the internet, and with me is uh, legendary cracked editor Robert Brockway. Say hello, please. Hello. Uh, happy to be here as always. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And our special guest today—you probably will recognize her voice from something. Uh, she is an old friend of mine, and now is a, a very ubiquitous uh, voice actress, Frida Wolf.
1: Oh, hi. I'm also from the internet and now video games and animated series and wherever they hire me. That's a really funny thing, too, when you tell people, I'm a voice actor, and they're like, oh, like, for what? And it's like, whatever they give me money for.
0: Right. But no, you have, like, some legitimate credits. I mean, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. They're all legitimate uh, if the check clears.
1: They're all legitimate if the check clears. And, though, like, Cyberpunk, I have, well, Cyberpunk has, like, 800 actors doing 18 different parts because it's a giant world so a bunch of bit parts there but like oh like guardians i got to be i got to be rocket's girlfriend i got to be an otter that's right one of the yeah is that the only anthropomorphic animal i've been i think that's the only furry no way you
0: i think you're a you're a bug snack that's probably gotta count i've been more anthropomorphic animals than that what are you
2: doing (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know that, like I said, it's not up to me. It's whatever they pay me for. Maybe just anthropomorphs is not, you know, what I, uh, what I make people think of. It's not my typecast.
0: I do live my life as an elephant seal most of the day. That's something. Is that anything? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to like find a common ground between your career and mine, and I think yeah, yeah. that's it. That the times I pretend to be an elephant seal is, is, well, um, I mean, it's n- not unlike what you do. You're both well, seal kin. We get it. They-
1: Seelkin, Jesus that's that's a tumble <laughs> throwback do they even do kins anymore i don't know
0: well i, I mean no we idea. have
1: we have video games like we, I we met i don't know frickin- i don't
0: have any idea any idea
1: well we <laughs> met do you remember do you remember how we met john
0: i do uh, oh it's it was... time for my favorite thing <laughs> god it was uh, back in the early 2000s and uh, i think we were at comic con i imagine
1: oh wow you are you are definitely a heterosis male I have photos. No, we met because you showed up. Um, we had the EverQuest <laughs> to launch party in San Francisco. And you were oh, invited okay. probably to cover it for 1UP or whatever. And I was there. right? And I went up to you directly because my otaku nerd friends in high school were like, oh, my god, have you seen this website? <laughs> Sean, baby, and fat girls, and party hats, and all this crap. So like, I yeah, think we were. Rules. Yeah, that website
0: rules. Your friends have good taste. They, they sound crazy as shit, but they, they, they're tasting websites.
1: It was like 1998, <laughs> and when there were two websites to choose from, and you were the other one, so <laughs> you were
0: both. Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> I, I thank you for the compliment. It
1: was 1998, <laughs> and we had landlines. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so but I, yes, this is. I, I knew you from from this that is coming back now. Yeah, right. I have uh-huh. I have photos of this. We were, you know, we each had different hair and were thinner. I had a lip piercing, you know. <laughs> early 2000s <laughs> so no that's that's how we met and um and happily right. you weren't a douche and we've been friends ever since the end
0: it's true yeah well there's a a, a very strange story about how our lives are intertwined when uh
1: <gasps> oh my god this was
0: in san diego when uh we were at my uh, my brother's place uh and and frida was walking around looking at stuff and she's like why why are there all these fucking pictures of sam Riley everywhere which is the name <laughs> of my sister and I was like that is a really strange thing to ask and it turns out uh, <laughs> Why do you have all these pictures of your sister Frida- you freak <laughs> right <laughs> freida I oh, you love uh, your family went to the same like L. Ron Hubbard private school with my little sister I'm already- and uh, you're both survivors of Scientology I'm so crying. that's something
1: I'm crying I'm already crying laughing because you're 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 like reading back to me how stupid i sounded I, like, my brain had imprinted at that point that your legal name was Sean Baby. I never asked what your last right. name was. Like, you're <laughs> in my phone. You're still Sean Baby. And that's your whole, that's your whole entity. That's it. So it, yeah. it, it didn't occur to me that you had a last name or a legal name. You were just Prince. <laughs> and I thought so, was, like
2: I thought it was from the internet. Is that not your last name? I mean, it should be. It is on,
0: on my life insurance forms.
1: So, walking around your brother's house... And I don't I don't even remember how I met Eddie. I don't remember... No. I think this was because I met you at EverQuest, the EverQuest party, and we became friends. And then I think mm-hmm. you knew that I lived in San Diego because I worked for Sony Online on EverQuest at the time. Because before I was right. a voice actor, I had a career in games. And then I met Eddie and Damien there, and we hung out um, mm-hmm. post-Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and I was like, why... Why do you have all these photos of Samantha Riley, who I went to Scientology summer camp with? And to not make the whole episode about that because we could. <laughs> so the deal. So the deal with it's known as uh, the Delphian School or Delphi, and it's out by Eugene, Oregon, which is you know not that much different from where um, you know militia people hunker down and hide from the feds. It's just land and Oregonians and a handful of Scientologists. It's
0: it's very country, yeah.
1: It's beautiful. Like I had a great. Time I for me there was no indoctrination. I just rode horses. They took us on weekend trips to like White River rafting and to Portland and Seattle and Victoria, Canada. Like I had a freaking blast because I had a very sheltered um, upbringing. My parents should have been my grandparents; they were much older. But um, this is how, a good way to explain how you end up at that boarding school if you're just there <laughs> for the summer. My friend Gabe Castro, who um, lives down the street from me, he was from Anchorage, Alaska his parents uh-huh. were from spain um so he's like first generation american and i never met them but you know he does an impression of his parents the way i did impression of my mexican mother with with a very thick accent and complete you know a lot of misunderstandings and his dad was just like um uh, do you do you want to go to the uh the computer school or the the science school and gives like well the science school sounds good <laughs> And he ended up at the oh, Scientology school. They my, mixed
0: up Scientology and science. We just
1: didn't investigate. My parents didn't give a shit. What a predicament,
0: about cousin Larry! <laughs> my
1: my parents had a had like a a Napa vacation planned and wanted to dump the thirteen year old somewhere. So they drove me mm-hmm. up there from Las Vegas, where I'm from. Um, and dropped me off at the school. Then discovered it was Scientologists, and they were like, "Well, you're a pain in the ass. You'll be fine."
2: Well, we're already and, here. I mean, yeah, what are we we're already do? Here. Not give you to the cult, like. Exactly, the We're vacation here. was paid for,
1: so they <laughs> fucked off, left me there, and uh, and Gabe and I are still friends, and Gabe ended up going from a, a career doing music and sound design for everything from like Resident Evil films, to Portlandia, to Tim and Eric, to, I must be like, I don't know, 12 or more years ago, being like, hey, so uh, how do I, I'm thinking about getting into the games, and since then, he has like, He's become a full-time composer, sound designer for games. He's and it's very funny. He's like shy about it. he um, he did the music for The Forest, which is like, his hit, for some, for some reason, we have this conversation about how, as an artist, you have no control over how people process your art, like the thing that you put blood, sweat, and tears into, no one gives a shit about, but the thing that you, like, fart out in a night or five minutes that's, like, your legacy and you're stuck with it. Right. That's how he feels about the forest, which was sort of, like, a brainless theme, and people are obsessed with it. So, anyway, and we've been friends since I was 13, well, and now we're old sorry, as, Gabe. as hell. So, if it makes
0: you feel better, I think it sucks too, pal. And I don't know. I didn't play it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh,
1: so, um, so, yeah. So that's the Delphian school where um, if you were a summer kid. The
0: star-making Delphian school. Apparently. It just sounds suspect
2: from the name. Like, that's what I would call the evil version of the X-Men school. It
0: was so truly weird. When my sister graduated, every child thanked uh, L. Ron Hubbard, by name, in uh, their uh, graduation speech. And every child got a graduation speech. Did they look right, to the and sky so we and
2: scream it, hoping that he would just like catch <laughs> right. it out of the air?
0: Right the the sex rituals on the sides was like maybe inappropriate for the for the kids. There but were no I don't
1: know. sex rituals. Look, if you're Christ- yeah, if yeah you're, I know you're. If you're Christian, you you're give it contractually up to God. obligated. And if you're if you're Scientologist, you give it up to the you know highly lauded Battlefield Earth author whose entire collection was right. on display at the school library. Um, right, it was a weird one, but like yeah, like Sam was. Sean's sister was, I like completely idolized her. I also stole her Tori Amo CD because I figured she could get another one. Thank you for that, Sam. I owe you one.
0: Oh, she's uh, coming after oh. you now. You fucked I'm, up. I'm gonna you fucked give up. Give her the link to this.
1: <laughs> no, no, his sister's awesome. Like they have, they have really good, they have good jeans. They have good, cool person jeans. Like a, a Riley shows up in a room and you're like, who is she? Or I said the same thing when I saw mm-hmm. Sean and I must know more and very cool and we're, we're friends well,
0: now. I identify as an elephant seal.
2: Right. It helps that he's seven feet tall and has a pink mohawk. Like,
1: yeah, it's pretty it's, intimidating. It
2: does help. It, it does, does
0: most of the heavy lifting for my personality is the stupid hair.
1: <laughs> same, arguably.
0: <laughs> well, this has been a uh, very nice catching up with you, Frida, and I'm, um, I appreciate you saying nice things about my sister. She'll love that. Um... What we do at the beginning of our show, we like to talk about um, our current projects. So, could you, uh, without breaking any NDAs, talk about something you're working on now that we could either look for in the future that might have been fun or interesting to work on?
1: Stuff that's because that's the funny category. Just FYI, when like like for example, when we record animated series, they don't mm-hmm. come out sooner than a year and a half after the recording session, and we forgot about it. It takes a long time. Um, but stuff that which is
0: why you mentioned like. Like all that Mitt Romney stuff in the trolls sequel. what? <laughs> I don't I'm trying to I was trying to think of a <laughs> something that would be very out of date.
1: Yeah, out of date and questionable. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so I've been in in a couple of troll series, uh, which is that's crazy to me because first of all, we recorded the troll series before the movie even came out. So, like even the the animation team wasn't quite sure what the world was, but we we built it, and it I mean for for a while. Mm-hmm. The Trolls animated series on Netflix was, without exaggeration, like, the number one highest rated, most viewed animated show on any platform on the planet. My
0: daughter really likes it.
1: It's a good show. She uh, she really enjoys it. I'm proud of it. And, like, the the songs on it are killer. And um, there's now a second one that that supports the second movie. Um, And The
0: The second movie is clinically insane. I I should let everyone know that, like, that movie is (laughs) fucking nuts.
1: I have to. See, I haven't seen it yet. I have to see it. Um. the, the crazy thing to me is that I. Uh, I have by proxy played at Rockefeller Center. Is it Rockefeller? No. Where did the, is the is the? What's the Rockette stage? The Broad's with oh, the okay. legs. That one. Yeah. I think it's Rockefeller Center, isn't it? The Rockette stage. Speaking um, of
0: the Reillies, uh I have a cousin who was a Rockette. Oh, so there you go. No, I think it's Rockefeller. You people Rock, with your the, the long ass
1: legs and your seven feet of you, um, yeah, I believe <laughs> that. No, they uh, they did a Trolls World Tour, which is still going, where basically they had all of us from the show, um, and not the movie, like the show people, record dialogue and music, and then had um, you know people in full body suits, and they put on a whole song and dance show and traveled the world and malls and everything with it, and ultimately playing that the Rockette stage. With my voice as part of the thing? That's that's oh. weird. That's crazy surreal to me. Um, but anyway, that, that's one thing. Um, there's a great show, a DreamWorks show that's on Hulu and Peacock called The Mighty Ones, which I'm very proud of. Um, one of the two uh, showrunners, Lynn Naylor, she was one of the original uh, people from Spumco who created Red and Stimpy, etc. She's a living legend, okay. and she's yeah. nuts, and I love her. Um, uh, the Mighty Ones is... Yeah, The Mighty Ones is 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 crazy. Um, I'm not one of the leads, but crazy for that, for The Mighty Ones, I sing the theme song, which is a trip. Like if you're an 80s, uh-huh. 90s kids and you and you grew up with um, just theme songs being a very, you know, taking up 50% of your brain as an adult, uh-huh. it's wild that I got to contribute to that as well. Um,
0: sometimes the world looks perfect. There you go. Nothing to rearrange. See, for the rest of but your sometimes life. Sometimes you just... Get a feeling like you need some kind of change. You'll be on your deathbed. I, I, I just woke up from something. I feel like I just lost a bit of time. Do you guys know what happened? <laughs> I think You're you wanted. Yeah, I think you've
2: always wanted to be a singer. I think it's just struggling to get out. And this comedy game is like your tragic <laughs> settling, holding got, him back. Maybe, maybe. So Frida, we this is all anybody wants to see from me. Nobody wants to hear my pipes.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, and the other thing that's out is uh, you can you can play Loba in Apex Legends, which, oh, well, I, which I hear Apex is kind of doing well. If uh, you hadn't
0: cut me off earlier, I would have listed Apex Legends as, you know, I had a long series of accolades I had memorized. It's going to tell everybody about all your work and you're just like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Too familiar. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm pretty
0: but your imdb is is legitimately insane and uh
1: is it yeah
0: it's very very long you're a very accomplished actress
1: tell you what voice actors have the
2: best imdbs it just it ranges so far. it's wacky
1: it's and sometimes you you wouldn't think they do what voice honestly the thing that i'm like most jazzed about right now because it's so stupid and bizarre um for some reason uh one of the one of the marketing groups that does the commercial campaigns for tv and radio for mcdonald's love me. They keep hiring me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've done, like, it's got to be more like 15 spots at this point in the last handful of months. And what they started doing lately, their mainstay for a bunch of the spots is legendary film and TV star Brian Cox, uh, who's currently uh. the star of Succession. He's the, you know, he's the, sure. the Murdoch uh, analog. Um,
0: I'm naked!
1: Yep, and That's he's from, and he's in a 700%. thousand other things. He's Scottish. <laughs> My husband's Scottish, so there's some scottish pride there um brian cox is doing a bunch of mcdonald's commercials and they've been having me do like the offer line of like get two for two dollars at mcdonald's on his spot, so it's me and Golden Globe winner Brian Cox, best <laughs> friends now,
2: fighting crime together. Best friends. Yeah.
1: I've never met him. We've never been in the booth. This is obviously since COVID. I have a I have a booth at home, but that's insane. You guys would
0: be fast friends. I'm sure you guys would get along. Right Probably. as soon as this ends, I You pretend. guys are just going to be
2: partners. You're gonna oh yeah, be the, my, the best buddies
1: in my fantasies. Well, I think it's awesome um because that's really mm-hmm.
2: gonna run to each other across a field while music oh, swells.
1: Only in in voice acting can like a bum like me who, you know, is, is essentially like a nobody in Hollywood if, if we had to do a totem si- um, pole system. And then Golden Globe winner Brian Cox, who we just, and we just happened to slam through the two um, seasons of Succession recently. So on it, like my McDonald's All day long, like, Frida's
0: like, oh, peak. oh, little old me. Frida, you are a, a radiant and beautiful woman with <laughs> lots of talent and everybody knows it. You're and so this nice. is, uh, the other thing I like to do on podcasts, I like to give a lot of word, uh, strange compliments to people and then make everything very uncomfortable. Good. He does this in person too, but he holds you down the whole time. It's <laughs> true.
1: Not on purpose, so he's just a tree.
0: <laughs> it's, it does take me like eight minutes to move one of these legs.
1: <laughs> Are you an ant?
2: <laughs> yes. Technically,
0: yes. An kin. We're bringing it back. If it's not a thing anymore, We're it's going to it be. If it's, it'll be after this. Star Let me team. tell you about a project. See, you're working with uh, the illustrious Brian Cox. I recently, um, I don't know if you've seen the film uh, Wonder Woman 1984.
1: No, I'm aware of it though.
0: Okay, good. It's not very good. Uh, what I did is I made trading cards based on the perspective of the guy in that movie, who you might know this uh, from discussions about it, gets hijacked by Wonder Woman's boyfriend. So Colonel Steve Trevor comes back from World War I and just quantum leaps into some random dude who doesn't even get a character name. He's called Handsome Man. And they just take his body and just fuck for days, steal a, a fighter jet and fly to the Middle East. And just this guy takes the Handsome Man's body. He's driving into tanks and, and kicking guns. And uh, neither one, one of them really seemed to think there's a problem with any of this. So anyway, the conceit of my article was that he was aware for, of all of this and, and completely awake watching this happen. And... The trading cards are from his perspective. And uh, this is obviously such a high concept that I think the article might have sucked, but uh, it, it certainly was a lot of fun describing to you just now.
1: It was all worth it.
0: <laughs> so that's what I'm up to. That's the kind of thing I do on When
2: I'm a Hot Dog. I just did uh, I ran today, actually uh, a piece I was really excited about for a while about uh, misty horror comics from girl for girls. They're a, uh, 1970s kind of Tales from the Crypt horror comics aimed solely at the young female
0: audience. And uh, I I had just... From people who did not care for women much, I would say.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the turn, is that they... Definitely don't think young women should exist or do things right. in in general. So it was written
1: it was written for women, but it was like highly misogynistic. It was I written was for girls. It's horror yeah.
2: comics for girls, and uh, it wasn't so much misogynistic in that they they had bad opinions about women. It was that they really didn't think women should do, see, say, hear or experience anything. And uh, (laughs) I think, I think honestly, after reading uh, 30 some odd issues or so, I think what happened was they were trying to take the two sort of methods of telling these hokey short horror stories with a twist, which is that one, somebody does something awful and they deserve it and they get punished by like this horror mechanic that you have. Or two, somebody needs to learn a lesson, some kind of moral lesson from this this horror mechanic. Ugh. And they, they mashed those together. And you can't mash those together because then it's, it's just somebody getting punished horribly for a lesson that they don't yeah. really end up learning. And so that's what happened to like every comic was like these girls want to go ring some bells in a church, like an abandoned church. You're like, okay, the fools. I mean, that's weird for the, but I guess that's what you do if you're British in the 1970s. You go ring some bells with your friends, but uh, <laughs> but that's not allowed. <laughs> so they they burn in hell. Uh, <laughs> it seems right? fair, Rule right? It seems, and like these, these they're made of like three 10 page short stories. So the turn happens really quick. Like, they go to ring these bells in a church, and then she goes, Oh no, we're burning in hell. <laughs> <You> go, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That <laughs> fast. Like, what? One lady kicks, like there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. A, a girl looks at a butterfly and she's like, what a beautiful butterfly. And then you flip two pages later and she's getting chased by a giant purple giant who is the, somehow the spirit of the butterfly, I guess, but she, she knew what she was getting into for yeah. looking at that butterfly. And my favorite, my absolute favorite was the, uh, the garden gnomes. <laughs> she, there's one story in there. Uh, I forget the title of it. But the basic conceit, and it's crazy right from the jump, is that her dad got his big annual bonus. And in the first panel, she says, like, maybe we could finally buy the house, you know, a record player for the family. He says, (laughs) no, no, it's too late for that. I already blew that bonus on garden gnomes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first panel. Like, that's how we're jumping off on that one. (laughs) <laughs> like, and the mom has nothing to say about this. She has no dialogue in the comic. There's no input. And the, the teenage daughter is, is, of course, rightfully furious. Like, fucking garden? What? You got your bonus <laughs> today. You ran out and bought gnomes? And it turns out he's he's got, like, keeping up with the Johnson syndrome that the neighbors have a bunch of gnomes, so he has to have a bunch of gnomes. Ah, uh, there you go. But, again, this isn't to punish the father. She loses her temper. The teenage daughter goes out and knocks over a garden gnome. Doesn't even, like... Destroy it. Can you guess what happens?
0: Uh, she gets a record player and they live happily ever after.
2: That's right. It's a great story. Uh, he realizes that he did everything wrong. He had neglected his family. Uh, it wasn't yeah. even for his own joy. He didn't even like the gnomes. No, no. Of course she is murdered by gnomes.
0: <laughs> that was it up. does seem like she was taking her anger out on the gnomes. Like she made a poor decision. She probably should have been more assertive with her father and said, you've, you've done a dumb thing with the money that should belong to the family not just you i mean she did in all fairness she did say that uh i don't think he heard that i don't think he hes
2: is capable of hearing women he would only not. hear the call
0: of the gnomes
2: <laughs> it was just such a such a mad sensibility especially to bill it as this being like an empowering for thing for for girls of the 70s this is your comic girls
0: yeah, pun- I mean, I don't want to speak for women, but for they love gnomes.
2: They love tiny men who who leer at them from the lawn. God, they're just murdered for everything. Somebody like she goes to visit her her sick aunt and finds that she's lavishing attention on her little dog, not just like too much attention, but she's starving to death because she has to feed her dog steak and she can't afford her own food and the, the niece is like, "Well, this is crazy. How about you stop <laughs> right? doing that?" And uh of, of course she is murdered by by the dog for this. Uh because you're not you you're not supposed
0: to. Gets if you can't get steak, you can always like eat old lady flesh. It's really a, a similar texture. Just, do any was... of
1: the girls survive ever? I mean, do, like even like you know like like uh, archetype survivor virgin anything
0: intact? No, not intact. <laughs> oh my god! A couple I mean, of torsos made it through.
2: A few survive, like horribly scarred from this lesson. That they, they like to pull the "it was a dream or was it" thing, uh-huh. but like Ugh. clearly I hate that. But they don't always. Sometimes, like, no, no, she's dead. She died. She uh she she tried to tell a man not to cross the street because there was traffic coming. And I mean, it was right, he would have
0: died, but she still needs to be punished for this.
1: Sorry, it's girls in life. the seventies. I I grew up when with When you're my... doing
0: work and you get I imagine you've had some scripts handed to you where you're like, This is fucking stupid, I don't want to read this. Like, uh how do you deal with that?
1: Well, I mean, I have I have the option of not doing auditions that I don't agree with. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't
0: even mean problematic. I mean like someone's handed you something to read and it's just too terrible You don't want to say it out loud say for a
2: hypothetical Somebody oh, no. handed you a script <laughs> with Brian Cox attached to it in the lead role <laughs> uh-huh. and it, w- it was about a father who spends his entire bonus on gnomes. How are we feeling about that?
1: I feel that Brian Cox has a lot of debt and needs to pay it off. Um for starters, if he's doing it. But you know what? Like, like, that just makes me think of, like, you know, like, remember Christopher Lee did the, was it the werewolf movies with, like, oh, exploding yeah. dwarves and stuff? Look, especially British actors, you're just a workhorse and you got to pay the bill sometimes. I've, I've done a lot of questionable, questionable things because mm-hmm. I need the money for rent. Um, sure. Like,
2: I, Haven't we I, all? God, haven't we all? My, uh,
1: Mm. my, my only purview that I have any control over is like saying no to if I get an audition and I'm just like, this is, I just, I feel sick. Uh, I'll delete it. Um, and if I'm requested, I'll try to you know bite it or explain. Could we maybe talk about X Y Z? Most of the time, no. It's very okay. <sighs> there's one. There's one. I'm not. I can't doing doing the thing where I talk about a thing that I hope I don't get blacklisted later. There is a <laughs> right. there is a thing that went around. Where I'm just so gutted because the dudes who are doing an animated series also were showrunners for a show that I love, like a they they did a live action show that's kind of recent that I'm just like yes I'm just on board for everything whatever, and then they're doing mm-hmm. their first animated series and all the parts of the women are just so, like, I can take a joke, and sex is funny, but there was just, it was completely unfunny, misogynistic, it's centered around, like, a male character where he's just, like, a sex pest, but, like, the worst kind of sex pest, um, where it was just basically, like, trying to make light of assault, and I'm, like, I'm trying to find the humor, and I really can't, and it was kind of weird, because the live-action show had, like, funny sex, gross, weird, awkward humor, but nothing like this, so it was just one of those things where I'm, like, I can't, If I can't find the humor in it, I'm not going to be able to sell it as an actor. So I just Uh delete it. Um, But when you have, once you're in there with a job, you just kind of, you got to suck it up. Because um, if if you're in the booth, it's different now with COVID because we're at home. But still, everything is paid for. Like the studio time is paid for. The engineer is paid for. The booth casting director is paid for. So you kind of. If, if you're in there and you didn't know beforehand, it's got to be pretty egregious. You'd be burning down several bridges if you're like, I'm walking out of this. And people have done that for right. the right reason. Like, if they're, being, if they're being abusive with, like, making you scream and lose your voice till you're bloody and stuff so you can't work for the week, yeah, sure, that's a line that's crossed. The only thing that comes to mind is I don't remember the actors, but I remember long, years ago before I was doing this full time, I was listening to a podcast, and it was a lady who had done... Um, some bit parts for the original God of War, and she was one of the ladies in the tub for, like, a threesome sex scene, and they didn't tell her that she was doing a sex scene that day or anything, which is very common in games because everything is under lock and key. Um, And she was just, in this podcast, she's just like, yeah, I was extremely uncomfortable. I wouldn't have done if I'd known, but, you know, I'm a professional. I sucked it up and just... Did it that day. So, shit like that comes up. I remember
0: up. this, like, she wasn't screaming in the way that was erotic. So, they released some bees into the booth, and uh, that got them the screams that they wanted. Uh, very sexy scene, but I, I can know see why you wouldn't want to. I know what scene you're talking about.
2: That was really yeah. weird when she started screaming. My God, the bees! The bees! <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I <laughs> was hot. I thought it was pretty hot, but I didn't know why. I
0: agree. Yeah, there was something about
2: it that, like.
0: The more you I don't know.
2: know. It was the
0: authenticity of the moment. <laughs>
1: Bees. i don't know so she was just enough,
0: though was she like like a scientologist or something what, what's wrong with just having sex in a tub with with some weird buff god of war well if they don't tell you about it i don't know
2: that i'd be <laughs> like i'm not saying i'm against doing that but if you just okay. said if i left this room right now and there was a god of war in a tub and he wanted to bang i don't know that i'd be down sure.
0: i just if- find myself to be kind of square and like if someone said hey i took your audio and i made it sound like you were fucking Kratos, I'd be like, alright, that sounds kind of cool. Okay. <laughs> it's, okay. It's not what I signed on for, but like, well, whatever. oh, well, yeah, like, still... that. I'm gonna find a way to hold you to that. Yeah. Take some of these sounds and put them next to Kratos having sex with me, you know, and see how upset I am later. I think you, you heard him, flattered. everybody. Four out of ten tops. New, hot dog, new
2: hot dog challenge. <laughs> Makes Sean baby <laughs> seem like he's having sex with Kratos in a tub.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I... For the record, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, you would. Aww. He's a handsome. He's a handsome fella. Just,
1: it's kind of hot. Just... You're both. I mean, I'm in it now. I'm. In, I'm he's fully in a it now. god.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're both like even if you don't swing that way. Why? How many it's chances?
1: Like, it'd be like two barn doors going at it. I'm kind of into it. I, guess. I
0: can. I can see now that. Uh, I can get talked into it. I'm. I'm. I'm learning now. In this very moment, I could get talked into it.
1: Sean, everyone has a price. <laughs>
0: We all have our limits There's only so much sex appeal we can resist
2: I feel like I'm pricing kind of high Saying like I would bang a god if they wanted it
0: <laughs> Right You And you're saying everybody. like no no that's not enough I know. That's, that's my price point <laughs> Maybe if they're a god and a centaur Then, then maybe Then maybe not hmm? Sexuality is such a spectrum isn't it <laughs> From god to centaur <laughs> All, all types.
1: I mean, I, I, was in a Mass Effect, so I got, I got no room to talk there. That's true. <laughs> and a lot all. of banging
0: going on in that game. And
1: everyone knows what that sounds like now, so that's my legacy.
0: I do uh, love in Mass Effect. There's the, the character in the white pants. God, I can't remember the character's name, but like they would frame her ass all the time. So like it'd be a cut scene, and she would walk in, and her ass would take up two thirds of the screen. I was like, see, this is good art. Right, because you know that ass is going to be important to the plot later. It's mm-hmm. foreshadowing. Rhea, Frida Rhea. was uh, Commander Shepard in
1: No, in three. Commander Shepherd's Jennifer Hale. I did Andromeda, the one that everyone hates. Um, I was writer. Oh, okay. I was the playable writer.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. See, I fucked it up. I had all this ready to go earlier and I got so derailed. <laughs> She played Ed Asner in the Justice League cartoon. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Granny Goodness, that was the character's name. play back. good Ed work. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the right. fucking mother box, Darkseid. <laughs> that was Frida. That was oh, starting. okay. I knew you sounded familiar.
2: <laughs> I was trying to place it this whole time.
0: Uh, let me try to explain what we're going to actually do this episode. This has been uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, let's get to, to getting it. Getting to know okay. our new friend. But there's a, um, a comic strip called Heathcliff, which I'm sure everyone's very familiar with. Uh, he's sort of like was he before Garfield, or is he a knockoff Garfield, or is that I, just? I have no idea if
2: this is an Oreo Hydrox scenario. I, I want right. to say he's a knockoff because he feels like a knockoff, but like Frida, Either how much way, decades? How of much do you know about Heathcliff, Frida?
1: I don't. I mean, do I? Do I dare wiki? I remember. Look, I was born in nineteen <laughs> in nineteen eighty two. Which, by the way, I saw someone Burr. tweet the other day of like eh, you were born in the nineteen hundreds, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> When I was, when it, I was, we, lettable,
0: are all, we are under a constant assault of people trying to tweet things that mathematically make us very sad. You like, know, what's if great, the Wonder Years came out today. We were blah blah blah. Or... The
1: Gen Z kids have started calling millennials boomers, that's how old we are to them, Because right. remember when you were a teenager, how old like 30 40 year olds of seemed? of course, we're like decrepit. Yeah. So, um, so being born in 82, I religiously took out the comic section of the newspaper and went through all of it because that's what I had access to. Um, and I don't remember, I remember Heathcliff being its own thing, but I really don't remember if it predated or came after Garfield. I really would have to look that up. They existed, they existed at the same time as like, you know, Marmaduke and everything else.
0: It's just. I think they're all before our time anyway. Like you'd have to be born way before 82 to see the origin of Garfield. To see the
2: origin, yeah, but Heathcliff really hit that popularity in the '80s. He had that show for a while with That's like, yeah. with like the best theme song ever. That I don't remember. Could you sing it? I sang one earlier. <laughs> Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrorize the neighborhood, but Heathcliff just won't be undone, killing cops and running guns. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah, Next. I do. I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the lyrics, but that's the tune. Like it was, it's in my head, as they say, rent free for for God. It's been forever, thirty like something years that I. If it hasn't gone away by now, it it's not leaving. Yeah, right. I I have not revisited the cartoon since I was like five, so
0: that's still just there all this the, time. That's uh, a permanent wrinkle in my brain. Couldn't ask for a better one. The the comic is um is sort of uh, nuts in a. In a very, very bad way, and maybe maybe a little bit a good way, but like, somewhere along the way, Heathcliff went from like, sort of a bad Sunday strip where like, oh, here's a shitty pun or whatever, to like... Yeah,
2: it used to be. It used uh, to be just like the things you're listing. It used to be Marmaduke. Yeah. It used to be Garfield. It, it fit in right... Right perfectly along those. It was very much in the spirit of Sunday comic strip. I've done the annoying
1: millennial thing. Heathcliff was first published or created in 1973.
0: Garfield in 1976. It is a hydrog scenario. The original (laughs) Hungry Orange Cat. Congratulations, Heathcliff. So somewhere along the way, like they decided they're going to be funny. And I say that in hard air quotes, of course, where they sort of uh, adopted like an absurdist, like almost is type of like approach to the world where it's like, I'm going to say something that's such a non sequitur that, um, you know, it will be funny. Well, here's, and, here's what happened. Uh, oh, you the know, the origin that, of this. Yeah. The guy that ran it, uh, George
2: Gately, he ran it all the way up until 98, 99. And then he died and he handed off the reins to his nephew, uh, Pete Gallagher. <laughs> and Pete Gallagher took over in the early 2000s. And it started off very much in line with uh, with Heathcliff and with the puns and with everything that it had been doing so far. And over mm-hmm. over the last 20 years, it has very slowly gone
0: completely insane. But... Right. Like, um, I guess try to picture, like, the internet humor I that we were all doing in the 2000s, right? Like, it reverence on the point where, like, you don't take anything seriously. And you just sort of, like, do a meme. Like, remember those Quiznos ads where there's these fucking weird hair gremlins? <laughs> Do you, and, yeah, and during our puppet you'd phase. See that? God, why yeah, do we and a people, puppet it, it was almost like intentionally like, oh, this doesn't mean anything. This is silly for the sake of silly. Isn't that so weird? And uh, that's what this is, but, but a very, very poor attempt by like seemingly someone who doesn't get it. Like a space alien came down and says, I understand your Earth memes. Uh, Here see, is- I
2: disagree and I'm going to prove you wrong over the course of this podcast. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think he's really doing that at all. I think there is an internal logic to the world of Heathcliff, and he is trying to communicate through a brain just addled by madness and possibly stupidity. He is actually trying to communicate an entire world full of rules and logic that that works. Okay. It doesn't work in a way that a sane person will understand. I'm not saying you'll understand it after this. But I think mm-hmm. towards the end, you'll be like, I can see the logic of that. I can see what's coming next down the pattern. It's Well, like, I uh, know
0: for producing this episode, you looked at a lot more Heathcliff than I have. So I will concede you have a, a bigger picture of what we're dealing with. I've
2: looked at so much Heathcliff.
0: <laughs> I have seen I'm... what lies beyond the stars
2: i'm really surprised friendly.
1: by the timeline i just i expect because of my memory of heathcliff being like a an 80s thing i just expected it to be like the standard yeah they were doing a lot of coke like all the cartoons right. that raised us it was just so much cocaine but this you know, early 2000s that's interesting i mean you know, maybe it was just like ecstasy who knows that
0: would explain family me. circus <laughs> yeah that's really not only marmaduke explanation. only like a a dark sadness can explain
2: marmaduke yeah, Marmaduke does have a bit of like impending suicide to it, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: We should do mm-hmm. one on Marmaduke. A really sad episode on Marmaduke. Get a mental today, health counselor in we, here to guest. <laughs> we brought uh, Frida, professional voice actress, on because we'd like you to um, use your very professional voice to try to explain the things happening in the Heathcliff cartoon and then read us the caption. And that right. will, I Narrate think- to us. Narrate to us the Heathcliff, and then we will discuss. Do you, you want, it? The Do you first want one it in or? my
1: free voice or in the voice that costs money?
0: I think um I want to leave all artistic decisions up to you. All right, I'll so have as you see in the in the Discord, uh voice pasted this. This is where it started for us. Okay, hold on. Grandma has to go.
1: I'm in the voice channel, and now I need to get to the not voice channel. The general? General, all right. Okay, alright. We got it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? Should I should I start with the description or the quote?
2: The description. I'd say yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Um, this makes me think of Invader <laughs> Zim, like, immediately. What? he's he But in a bad way. Well, in a, in a, yeah, like, like, this is already, like, a generic knockoff of, like, something I could see Invader Zim doing.
0: Yeah, see, I'd argue Invader Zim is exactly what I'm talking about, executed in a good way, in, the, in a way we all appreciate and think is funny.
1: In Zim, it'd be normal, but this already feels like North Korean propaganda. Um, yes. It's yeah, Heathcliff that's a good way to put it. wearing a pink helmet, uh, popping out of the hatch of a tank. The tank says meat on the side. <laughs> it's flying <laughs> okay. a flag that says meat. It says meat on Heathcliff's helmet, and he's passing uh-huh. not a butcher, but it just says meat instead uh-huh. the of meat butcher. Store. But it's it's clearly a a butcher because there's ham hocks in the window and two, you know, white men with aprons. Um, It just says meat four times. And then on the sidewalk across the way is a bunch of children that have kind of been, first of all, copy pasted. It's just the same girl drawn twice and the same boy drawn three times. Um, And they're and they're cheering the meat. And then, then the background is downtown Los Angeles or Chicago with some mid-sized skyscrapers meet what especially with like with the tank rolling down main street like well for i mean we have you know especially <laughs> it's 20 it's 2021 fellas how about that insurrection um with that sort of that's maybe a little bit more normalized now with like you know having national guard and whatever, um, patrolling Main Street America. That's something we're getting uh, used to as we boil more and more like dead frogs. Um, but here in the 80s, it's freaking weird. 119, so there you're on this? This
0: could be a BLM protest, yeah. If you change the it caption. It
1: BLM uh, protest.
2: The caption, of course, is...
1: Oh, the caption is, Children love the meat tank.
2: It's fucking madness. To explain, this happened after... The insurrection. Uh, One nineteen is January nineteenth of this year. This is what Heathcliff is doing now. Entirely aware of that that cultural situation, and yeah, tanks rolling down the street. Like there's an ominous center to it. You can't quite place it, but it's a little weird.
1: This is le- this is current. This is legitimately January this
0: year. This, this is year? very recent.
2: Yeah. yeah, this was the nineteenth of January. It was a couple weeks ago. But it's Children... not.
1: But it doesn't work. <laughs> no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it should it should not be which is
0: <laughs> is why we're talking about it it really is like it does feel like someone uh pitching a an idea during a an Invader Zim meeting and just like Joan and Vasquez would be just very disappointed in it you know what i mean like it is it's so silly and i guess of course the meat makes me think of invader zim but uh but there's just no there's no like comedy to claw at like there's just nothing about this that says um this is absurd in a in a way that means something or in a way that is unexpected. Oh no, it's, it's not merely funny. I think it's trying to communicate nonsense. something though. Maybe. You I, know? I think so. I think we'll
2: get there by by going through a few of them. I think I think I can show you how to translate a Heathcliff comic
1: you know how when you say a word over and over and over again till it's just word sounds this mm-hmm. has the word meat in it so many times that my brain has actually stopped recognizing it as a, as a word like I'm it's making me question if that's even how you spell meat anymore it might
0: help you understand it because I don't think meat is actually the subject of what's going on
1: no <laughs> it's just plastered everywhere like meat for president maybe it's meat for president I don't know
0: meat 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 that's something. <laughs>
2: But no, it's not for president. Okay, let's. We've got a lot to get through. I think you'll you'll start <laughs> to get them. Let's try. Okay, let's try this one.
1: All right. Okay. So Heathcliff is walking down a suburban neighborhood sidewalk past a white, uh, semi-picketed fence. Um, past the dudes on the other side of the fence in their yards, presumably, are in beekeeper suits and moving hives, presumably. And Heathcliff- right. They might um, be the
0: same guys who work in the meat store.
1: They are the same guys who work in the meat store. This is their <laughs> hobby, I guess? Making, uh, curating they're any atheists. bee hives? I don't know. Um, they're moving hive um, pallets. And Heathcliff, is head, he looks like pig pen from Charlie Brown, whereas his, his I mean, they're not even, let's be honest. These aren't bees, they're small circles. And they're not even like fully drawn circles. They're just kind of like- <laughs> Well, it looks like you're testing a ballpoint pen. We're inferring that they're bees Mm -hmm. because they're in bee suits and carrying the palettes, but my god. you're a
0: fucking professional artist. I've seen
1: real art. My god. We know
0: you're not above copying and pasting because of the last comic. Draw one bee, copy it several times.
1: (laughs) Well, these are just little ballpoint pen semicircles uh, that are just on Heathcliff's head like like an afro. Um, But he seems fully unbothered, and the caption says... You don't often see a wig of bees.
0: And it's like oh. as a as a comedy writer, I often find myself with just sort of a blank space in like a mad lib sentence where I was like. Somebody is crazy, right? I just sort of need them to have an aspect of them that demonstrates that. So it's not unusual for something like that to skitter across my brain. Like this person is, you know, as crazy as a wig of bees. And then that sort of says to the reader, hey, this is a crazy person, right? Who else would have a wig of bees? This feels like like a normal headed version of that that doesn't like work on a second draft. It's a wig of bees. It's perfect. Crazy. And then they never think like, should I put that in a setting where that would be crazy? Or just, is that enough? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably enough. I'll give Heathcliff a wig of bees. It's probably and, enough. And that person will I, point at it and, and mention that it's crazy. So the rules of this universe are that having a wig made out of bees is unusual. Uh
2: and we are introducing don't know that concept. An, un, an unusual thing happened. No right, further comment.
0: Right. Reader, this this universe takes place uh or this takes place in a universe not unlike yours. So just to let you know, this is a strange thing you're seeing. Okay. That's now enjoy.
1: it's a a universe where this anthropomorphic cat is completely unbothered by a halo of bees.
0: Right. Now, Brockway, is there a reason for that? Does he have some sort of a threshold for pain that- that is part of his personality that we don't know about?
2: I think there's a reason for it that we will get to. Uh, th- okay. It's never given. I love this. It's never given that there's a reason. It, it doesn't give you anything. Uh, I like that you noticed the like weird consistency of universe that the same people running the meat shop are the ones handling <laughs> the bees. And you'll right. see like characters crop up over and over, things crop up over and over that don't have any consistency, but the comic thinks that they do. So I've
1: decided they're a gay couple, and they run the meat shop together, and they also live together, and bees, and selling honey at the farmers they're market so is love. their hobby. Right, that's
0: their that's their passion. I'm building their the universe.
1: That's I mean, nice. Their they don't spend
0: a second apart. These two are together all day yeah, long.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Life goals. That I mean, that, that's that beautiful. speaks to me. Heathcliff is a fucking weirdo.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has nobody. He's always alone. <laughs> and, and unbothered. He's not. We will see that shortly.
1: We're in like a mid-century living room. Um, as Sean was pointing out before with like the yada yada environment art of the skyscrapers and the meat tank thing not being finished, for some reason the furniture is mostly fleshed out with little there is, but the walls are just blank, white, nothing void. This is basically just, it just exists in a void. Anyway, we're in a living room and we've got, um, I mean, these, are they parents? I'm being ageist. These, uh, seemingly older people, because the man has a white mustache, respectively sitting at their... Uh, it's a very
0: old father if he's a father.
1: Recliner and... and probably uh, grandfather. And uh, grandma slash mom at the uh, couch. And there is a youngster, probably no more than 10, sitting on the floor. Heathcliff is on the couch next to the lady.
0: Just chilling.
1: I mean, I'm I'm saving up for the money shot because I need to make sense of what makes sense while I can handle it. <laughs> um, grandpa's reading stocks, stocks, um, on the newspaper. The stocks paper. There- stocks which by the way the word stocks takes up like a third of the page um a nondescript book of for the lady and maybe comic books for junior and Heathcliff is just chilling laid back doing nothing legs crossed arms behind his head they're all wearing pink helmets that say ham and here's the weird thing cuz there's not even continuity in this universe if we could go back to the first one with the meat tank He's wearing a pink helmet and the helmet says meat, but now he's wearing a pink helmet and it says ham. Why have we gone mm-hmm. from meat to ham? Why is it, why Why not at least like thread the universe with, you know, meat helmets? Cause then at least we've got some consistency. This, how do you make a wiki around this?
2: <laughs> and uh, what's the caption?
1: Oh, every time. The caption is, oh, okay. Again, now I know what you asked me to do this. <laughs> ham is up a point, as in up a point in the stocks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the ham stocks have gone up what? a single point. Yeah, those
1: those notable. redditors jacking up the ham stocks. Is this ladder
0: <laughs> ladder trading meats? The, and this is also even it, it seems unprompted. He's, he's not saying what's that, honey? Oh, ham is up a point. He, like no one asked him. This is completely unprompted but to a family who presumably cares very much about ham. Like each of them is wearing a ham helmet. But their whole life is ham.
1: It's definitely. I guess a- I just. It's a pro hat. You know what? Even MAGA people, I don't think they wear that hat twenty four seven. I don't think they wear it like Sunday at home wearing, wearing the news. baby, but not right. like not all the time. Not like not all the time. All the time and do that? I don't want to think
0: about it. They're like um, uncomfortable football helmets too. Like you would you would take it off when you're home. Yeah, yeah these, it's a full. These helmet. Are for safety. Yeah.
1: This almost this has like this has like a very ominous tinfoil feel to it. Where it
2: does. So it starts to get. A little ominous, something's wrong with this world.
1: It's kind of, it's culty. I mean, it's become culty now because, because not only are they like, you know, motorcycle helmets, like, and they're like the bulky cop kinds where they're just like, they're like joke thick, she thick, they're like thick helmets. But the fact that the whole family is made to wear them, they have been custom fitted like tinfoil Mm -hmm. hats and they say ham. What's going on?
2: I think we'll start to see.
1: Oh God. All right. There's another one. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. We're outside. We're outside. Maybe we're outside the house of the residents we were just inside of. It's a it's a pink house in the suburban yard. You got the white picket fence. So maybe it's like on the inside of the same neighborhood where we had the bees before. There's a there's a, presumably a, um, an electrical wire uh, with two birds on it. Um. Oh, are the, oh, my God, are those helmets? I thought they those were Those are helmets. Okay, hold up. I gotta back up. There's these two little yellow looking like Snoopy birds. Um, but like again, barely drawn. Like one not, <laughs> one doesn't even have the the tail drawn attached. It's just fucking like a gas hole. It's a floating it's a floating um candy corn. I don't know what's happening. Um <laughs> And I thought I thought these were text bubbles, but upon closer inspection, they're helmets again, but they're huge and they don't even look like they're fitted on the birds' heads the way they're drawn. They look like they were like MS paints copy-pasted on the mm-hmm. one on the left says crumb and the one on the right says worm which don't even go together um, Heathcliff is um, <laughs> Passing the, the walkway. He's got he's passing a flag where as maybe in Nationalist America You'd have an American flag or otherwise hanging out. It's a pink flag that says ham in all caps, but Heathcliff has gone into his closet and taken out his other helmet, which says, meet again. And the caption is, oh my God, there are drugs involved. The caption is, <laughs> things seem a little off today.
0: Things seem a little off today. So, so again, this is... A universe where some of the characters know that this is weird. Like, it's not normal for something. They don't know
2: weird. the helmets are weird. It's they're apparently wearing normal to wear helmets.
0: You know, the helmets are very ordinary. But something about Helmets are accepted.
1: But it's not just like people are anthropomorphs. Now you've got like wildlife wearing helmets, but they're, right. they don't fit. How did they get them on? They don't have hands. Who's put it? Who, yeah. who? Someone else. Someone else has put the helmets. Has like captured, clipped, numbered, microchipped these birds and put, I mean, uh, now, great. Now I'm like fully cuing on. Thank you very much. What
0: if this is like <laughs> a perspective of someone like looking at this world with some, some sort of an augmented reality and and we are look, like, say, are, we have glasses on that project the food that the things eat onto their heads. That's good. And so That's we good see theory. the worm wants. Yeah. One worm, one bird wants a worm. One bird wants a crumb. Heathcliff wants meat. Uh, I, the flag means... Like, the Earth itself wants to eat ham, which I guess kind of makes sense. That's how you cook a pig in Hawaii or whatever. Oh, no. All right. (laughs) My theory just got fucking blown out of the water silently.
1: (sighs) All right. Counter you
2: with the Heathcliff. This is my counter Heathcliff.
1: (laughs) Robert has posted yet another Heathcliff comic. And uh, we're in front of the same house. It's the same... What the fuck? It's the same house, but the flagpole <laughs> is gone now, and not just the flagpole, but mm-hmm. like the dirt circle around it, so maybe...
0: It must have been a new flag in the last comic. They just the
2: houses have also... The house in the background has also been flipped. It's on the wrong side. There's the way, no electrical mm-hmm. wire. Ugh,
1: the way these are dated, too, I can't even tell which, which comic was drawn more recently because this... This means nothing. This is like 421. Well, it can't be April of this year. So I'm assuming it's the 21st of April of some year. Who knows? All right. Okay, so the house.
0: The year 20. North. <laughs> Sorry, numbers stopped making sense to me. I don't know. It's probably a side effect of what we're doing.
1: I was going to say earlier. Like, uh, after the first comic, I'm like, this just feels like like they live. Like the darn Carpenter, yeah. they live. But like.
0: Yeah, we're not we're- supposed to be seeing this shit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Speaking of augmented reality. So that. So. So it's the same pink house, but the flagpole is gone. The the neighborhood house is flipped for some reason. It's nighttime, but the sky is blue. But the, but the circle around the moon is black to let us know that it's nighttime, but the backdrop is still blue. Whatever. The lighting is the same, so we have no indication anyway that this is supposed to be nighttime.
0: I do love that you're capturing all the uh, nuances of the insanity that went into the background.
1: Look- like- environments it's, tell a story and uh-huh. and, and it tells a story of madness something that's easy to not fuck up is keeping your environments consistent because you can just keep that uh-huh. sheet and co- i yeah. mean i'm not even an animator or an artist but like i understand copy paste anyway and heathcliff is on the walkway and he's wearing another helmet uh this suddenly the helmet is white this is the first white helmet we've seen um mm-hmm. and the helmet says Fun, just fun. There's no <laughs> other wording anywhere for once. There's no other wording anywhere else in the comic, just fun. And the caption says, just so you guys know, I'm leaving the captions last, which is why I keep forgetting to do it. So, it, <laughs> it, so you're hearing it hit me because I didn't. It's just the cold. <laughs> you
0: just now looked at it.
1: You're hit, you're, you're hearing it hit me in real time. The caption says, that makes me nervous. <laughs>
0: That's so
2: dumb. So, what do you, what do you think?
0: The helmets think, mean and the Heathcliff I think Heathcliff universe. Cliff
1: is the night stalker. Uh, I don't know.
0: I'm comfortable with that direction. i do <laughs> there's something sinister going on. there is indeed
1: He's a, <laughs> oh, and no. you know what? I failed I did fail to mention something. The elderly couple are inside the house, looking out the window, looking on as Heathcliff is leaving. And she's got her mouth open like she's talking to him. There's no speech bubble, so we don't know what they're saying. She looks a little concerned. Her hands are kind of in her pocket. It's, maybe I would infer like, a, well, there there he goes. There goes there our boy goes. cat. Off for fun. Um, off for fun. Oh, she's saying, she's saying, that makes, that me, makes nervous. me nervous. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. She's watching him leave. And she's mm-hmm. saying, oh, that makes me nervous. Does that mean that, like, now is their chance to escape? The mind control wrath of Heathcliff, or are they worried <laughs> the, for his safety because he intends on having fun, and we know it because his helmet says "fun." But maybe it's I think not he's like he's like a
0: troublemaker, so the the fun maybe implies that somebody else is gonna or something's gonna get broken or something. He's gonna hurt somebody. That's the way it reads He is that. going out, and they are frightened for for the world that he is going out. Right. So because th- in this, a- aside universe- from the helmet, this feels like a real like Marmaduke style like Sunday comic where it's just like it's not funny, but like you get how like. They might have tried like they kind of get in the in, in the, their shitty brain how that sort of counts as a joke. But then the helmet, I, I guess maybe it's shorthand so that the artist doesn't have to like set up the idea. like, I don't know. I don't know. Because with only one caption, you can't have Heathcliff say, I'm off to have fun and then have the other person say, well, that makes me nervous. So this you is have an to internal have... consistent logic people
2: wear these helmets okay,
0: right and they, and have, they mean something they mean
2: something they either advertise their intentions mm-hmm. or perhaps they advertise their wants right but it's very it's very clear that you can you can find something else about them that's worn on their body it's just it's right there mm-hmm. they can't hide it they don't seem to be allowed to hide it. If they want something, it's right there. You know. I think that's what the helmets are there to do.
0: Maybe that's why the helmets are so bulky is because they have a smaller helmet underneath that they can't control. And it's just this dick, dick, dick all day long. So they're like, no, 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 ham. <laughs> I, it's just ham. Relax. It's their cover helmet.
1: This is making me think of, um, you guys know uh, Judah Friedlander? He's a he's a stand-up comic actor. He had... Um, sure. He, I think he just played himself basically on Thirty Rock before some right. people were born. Um, and and his deal was like every day he had a new hat that mm-hmm. said something funny, but like his yeah. hats were funny and yeah, had a lot of good
0: one or two word punchlines. So like yeah. we know it's possible.
1: Like yeah, you can you can do the hat gig and make it like a lifestyle signature thing where it's not ominous or intimidating or weird. This is just it's not even weird. It's like yeah, like the data thing. Yeah, eh. I can't like I can't make it make sense. I'd like to, so then I'd stop being afraid of it. Okay, so we're we're back in our suburban neighborhood. We're going down the sidewalk. It's a beautiful, partly cloudy day. There's two ladies hanging out outside their homes, kind of staring down the road. Um, there's no speech bubble, but their expression is very, What's that over there? And I'm, I'm going to bet, I haven't read it, but I'm betting that the, the title quote is going to give me that dialogue. There's a... Is that Dennis the Menace? Isn't that what Dennis the Menace basically looked like? I know it's the kid from the previous comic, but it just looks like that. Just looks like how I vaguely remember Dennis the Menace looked like—like a little blonde kid, the shape of an eggplant, in a I red hat and a red jacket.
0: Like you'd have the slingshot if you were like this is. Dennis yeah, the Yeah,
1: but the idea is there of there, just like
0: your, there is a menace to him because he's not wearing a helmet, indicating his desires. So we don't know what he wants.
1: I should be clear to, to uh, switch it up. There are no helmets in this comic that I have detected, which is already <laughs> off. I've gotten used to the helmets and now they're gone. You've got
0: a good helmet eye. No helmets. She's right.
1: Heathcliff is walking in front of the boy, but he's floating about six feet up. And again, like Heathcliff, he has no expression at any time. He, I mean, he might be taxidermied. Actually, he might just be a helium balloon (laughs) that they fuck with and pose like we can up Bernies or fill with helium or whatever. Because he's just he's completely placid. He has no expression. He's got one foot in front of the other, which he's had before. That's the whole comic. (laughs) It's the
0: same pose.
1: (laughs) There's just nothing else going on here. And the caption says, "Oh, are you kidding me?" The caption says he doesn't often show emotion. Well, that really? came through. Roger that. <laughs> right,
2: you were trying to to convey that.
1: Yeah, I got a load of that. I still haven't been, you know, I haven't been explained to the mystery of the the ham or the meat helmets or the fun helmet. I'm I'm actually surprised that he's this is the first time I've seen him outdoors without a helmet cuz I, I mean technically the bees were some sort of head covering.
2: He, his intention was bees. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going somewhere this next one. This is one of their Sunday joints where they actually do a multi-panel comic So it's gonna feel a little weird uh, You don't have to describe every little detail if you don't want but
1: oh, I want to I want to feel everything <laughs> so we have a classic multi-panel thing uh, first panel. It says Sunday with Heathcliff and uh, I think that's supposed to be a spotlight on a stage with the curtains pulled But it really looks like a hole that's been punched through a wall cartoon style again. Yeah, I'm just go I'm just just shitting Speaking all over the internet yeah it's a go thank you very much no one knows what that is anymore by the way because we're old um that's
0: fine they shouldn't
1: <laughs> they shouldn't they really shouldn't they don't need that anymore they have worse okay i'm gonna try to get through this already my head hurts okay sunday with heathcliff starting with his little spotlight on a stage with this hole in the wall um curtains parted hole in the wall whatever goes to heathcliff is standing in front of a firing squad as in description there's like a mouse hole Behind um, behind this row of three mice. And Heathcliff is standing opposite them. But immediately just feels ominous and firing squatty. Next uh, panel, Heathcliff is juggling the mice. So I guess they're not there to kill him. So he's juggling the mice. And then um, next panel, now he's facing the audience. Before he wasn't facing the audience. Now he's facing the audience, juggling the mice. Now he's facing away from the audience again, juggling the mice. So he's juggling in a circle. Which by the way, panel three and panel five are the same. Completely, we didn't need this turnaround. Like it's, it's not only like not new art, but you could just we didn't need it. It's literally the right. same panel. One, the mice are drawn a little differently, or I think they've just been like rotated, yeah, just
0: pasted around. Yeah, but
1: Heathcliff is the same. We didn't need this fifth panel, sixth panel. Heathcliff is still walking and juggling the mice. He's waddled into the kitchen of the aforementioned two elder ladies. I guess we're in their mid-century kitchen. They're having coffee or tea, looks like. Um, Heathcliff has now gotten himself up onto a human-sized chair. He's <laughs> sipping tea out of a cup in one hand, and on the other hand, he's still juggling the three mice. Next panel, same scene, two ladies having tea. Heathcliff juggling. Uh, he's put down the mug, and there's a speech bubble that says, Burp. And the next panel is uh, he's put down the mug. He has gotten out of the chair. He's now walking away from the ladies. And one of the ladies is saying, "I didn't know cats like tea." But wait, there's more. There's a <laughs> there's a panel at the end. there's no panel at the end of this. There's sort of like what do you what, what do you call it? it's like an epilogue or something where it's there's literally no panel. There's no border on this. Um, but it says in all caps. We've got just like a little chunk of text. It says Kitty Corner, Corner with a K um and the dialogues uh wait well i'll just say the image first um what the hell is that keith it that's it's a cat but i don't think it's heathcliff because it's it's not anthropomorphized at all it's it's sitting like a normal cat would the cat is sitting between two signs that says keep out go away facing the cat on the other side of the image is a man and the dialogue says kitty Corner." John Jones of Cary, North Carolina, says his cat Kit, spelled with K, has carved out a corner of the living room for himself. It's called his kitty corner, and that's oh, it. Oh my God!
0: What a what the fuck! <laughs> Send well, us your journey. real cat stories. <clears throat> sure thing, Heathcliff. My cat has a corner. We call it the kitty corner. We'll put it just <laughs> at I'm the barrel.
2: i the very end of our strange comic book. Uh, I would like to posit something. I would like to look mm-hmm. again at the mice. Do you think he's juggling? Do you see motion lines? How oh often God, do they right. change positions?
1: Well, the only other explanation is that they're like mice witches that are floating and they're performing some sort of satanic ritual, like flying in a circle around him, summoning Satan. Like what else? what else could it be?
0: It could be cadavers filled with helium. Also that. Heathcliff could be doing it. He could have some dark They're powers. looking at him, that,
2: that and fi- like sense. you said, in, in you know, uh, firing squad formation. And then <laughs> the next one, they're floating through the yeah. air, helplessly. Right. And he's got both hands out underneath them, but they're not moving. He's, his, he's yeah, floating them around and, and carrying them around with him
0: somehow. His, that's how, like, Palpatine would do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- there is some sort of, like, telekinesis happening. Because his hand, Heathcliff's hands are just sort of, like, out, sort of, like, um like a priest offering prayer, there could be some sort of uh-huh. ritual happening. I mean, he was yeah. previously, Heathcliff was just like floating, quote, not showing emotion. I, he's all, well, he' established he's a sociopath, right? Because he doesn't often show emotion, sociopath, perhaps some sort of psychopath mm. there. Um, His
0: idea of fun is legitimately dangerous to others.
1: Or harming animals, apparently.
0: Yeah, he does drive a
2: tank. Yeah, they've shown that his owners are frightened of him when he leaves at night. Okay. (laughs) He he has access to tanks. He he seems to be able to make just about anything happen. (laughs) Uh, This is kind of my argument. I think that Heathcliff is a dangerous and violent psychic abuser who is, like the theme song says, he's terrorizing this neighborhood, but with complete supernatural power. (laughs) And I think yeah. the helmets are there to show that you can't hide your intentions from Heathcliff. He always knows. I mean,
0: I think it makes as much sense as any of the shit you've come up with to explain now, this. Now, how on board are I, you with, with that theory? How, how, do you, I'm how far-fetched to, do you think that is?
1: Well, I'm trying to figure out if I think the helmets um, are his mind control or to protect him and everyone else from some bigger mind control. He, I mean, he's definitely like the dark lord of the story, right? Um, but in, this, in the last two comics, no helmets to be seen at all. You know? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. What if the helmet, like... So is sort of like a, like an X Men plexiglass prison where it suppresses his power because now that he's not wearing a helmet, suddenly he's floating. That's true. He's floating some mice. He's got some mind yeah. control. So maybe, maybe like the, you know, the, the helmet's sort of like his magneto prison that sort of like oppressed his powers. Now that the helmet's off, it's on. Okay. Um, we're indoors in a house somewhere. Um, this is, oh God, it's one panel. We're back to one panel, and um, one of the elderly ladies who was featured before, this lady in pink with white hair, she's there again, and she's there with, like, the Dennis the Menace kid next to her. She looks very alarmed and terrified. Her eyes are huge. Her mouth is agape. She's in shock. She's Her hand is clutching her heart like she's uh, terrified. <sighs> Standing a few feet in front of her and the boy is Heathcliff. For once, he's... Finally showing expression. This is the first time I think I've seen him smile. His mouth has gone from just like a tiny, tight, um, dead face line to a broad smile across his mouth. His hands, his he looks smug. His hands are behind his, his, uh, his back. Um, he's standing very much at attention. He looks quite proud of himself, chest puffed out. And at the opposite end of the panel, it's a jack in the box, but it's not. It's not a jack in the box, is it? It's it's a box that's open, and there's a spring, as you would see a jack in the box. But the but the head, the head, on the jack in the box, is the stocks gentleman from before, the the spouse of the lady, with and we know because of the mustache. But in a, in a perverse joke, straight out of Midsummer, he's wearing a red gnome hat, which dovetails into your whole gnome thing. Um, He's wearing a red gnome hat and there's like motion lines around him to show that it's, you know, weevil wobbling around. So the
0: the, the artist knows what motion lines are.
1: Yes, this one time. Um, So we're indicating that it is a jack-in-the-box head bobbling in motion. That's it, folks. There's nothing else there. And the quote, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Is... Is it the is the is the joke that you're coming to that it's the same writer as like the 1970s horror comics for girls where they all die?
2: No, that's a good joke. the
1: The quote the quote says, "Please wish it into the cornfield." <laughs> the fuck. I assume. The I person- do love
0: how you the human brain craves like logic? logic and the way your brain created a narrative like, "Oh, this." He must have made me read this insane comic for some kind of a reason, and and he didn't like that. This is the madness <laughs> of Heathcliff.
2: Well, this this last one uh, <laughs> has anybody seen the Twilight Zone? I believe it's the movie. Might be just an episode. Yeah, I know what you're talking
0: about. I, I think this is a direct. Uh, this reference is a direct, to it, direct
2: reference to I the don't. All Can Powerful Dum Dums. Yeah, uh, there's a, I hesitate to call them. But it's a short story, you know, in the Twilight Zone, either series or movie. About a child who is a dangerous reality altering psychic. He can literally make whatever he wants happen. And he does. He doesn't have the moral center to like rein that in at all. So he has taken over his town. He can read everybody's thoughts. And unless they think exactly what he wants and unless they do exactly what he wants, he can make literally anything happen to him. Uh, he changes them into horrible things, and at one point he he changes a man into a jack in the box for, for disagreeing with him like this. And if something really, really wrongs him, he banishes them, and they call it. Uh, they go to the cornfield, which is sort of a psychic null space Whoa. that looks like an infinite cornfield, and that's where they're banished. You might know it from the Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Horror, where Bart can do anything, and he turns Homer into a jack in the box and gets kick through the goalposts oh and God. stuff. So yeah,
0: It's a real cultural touchstone. Yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> is the
2: only cultural touchstone that that can possibly relate to is an all-powerful <laughs> reality-altering psychic who is terrorizing a town, uh-huh. has changed a man into a jack-in-the-box and wishes things into the cornfield. I think he's pretty blatantly saying. And also, the only time Heathcliff right, smiles... So- it's it's torturing this man. The modern day Heathcliff I, is about a violent, abusive psychic. It makes sense. And that's what I've brought you here to to see and understand. And thank <laughs> you for for coming on this journey with me. I know the vessel of this knowledge. But uh, it was important to me and I thank you for experiencing it.
1: Well I feel cursed. <laughs> oh, you are.
2: Most assuredly you are. In your face. Do you want a well one random one that uh, means nothing and has no well I don't know that it means nothing but it has no relation to this theory just just a palate
1: cleanser Yeah I think anything is a palate cleanser at this Here we point go. <laughs> That's What I was gonna say Back in the <laughs> suburban neighborhood on the sidewalk it's nighttime again where the sky is blue but there's a little bit of black around the moon which by the way looks like a poorly drawn Pac Man I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the money shot for the end I'm gonna go backwards so. On the street level, you've got Heathcliff, um, who is again very in a rare moment showing emotion. He looks jubilated. His his mouth is open and agape. There's a motion line hula hoop around him. So. Indicating some sort of turning around or motion his arms are up in the air He's actually standing with three other cats who are also drawn the same with mouth agape and arms up I mean this looks like they're at um, I don't know church singing or something. they look very happy They're sitting they're, I assume they're singing or yelling or making noise because their mouths are open. They're passing by a tree There's two birds that look a little bit concerned and behind the cats at a distance f- following them is a um this is an ape. It's an ape, a gorilla, but but it's like, but it's orange. This is hurting my brain. So orangutans are orange, but this is but uh, this is drawn like a gorilla. This is basically like Donkey Kong because it's brown and it's drawn like a gorilla. Yeah. It's not an orangutan. Sorry, I'm a nerd. This is wrong. Anyway, it's an orange gorilla. <laughs> He's like mid leap, so he's a couple feet off the air off of the ground, and he appears to be in the middle of his arms are spread apart, but he looks like he's about to bang two tin trash cans together. Mm-hmm. There's a house in the background that's means nothing. That's all I got. And the caption says <laughs> yada yada Cats <laughs> Caption says Cats rejoice at the garbage apes approach. The Garbage Apes Approach the Garbage Apes. So his formal title is Sir Garbage Ape Esquire. The Garbage, a- the
2: garbage Ape. And the cats, cats love it. The garbage cat, everybody approach. knows cats feel very positively Fucking about garbage it. and apes. Uh,
0: when a, when an ape is charging a cat, the cat is just always happy about it. I don't know what this one. I don't, I I don't think it. this
2: one fits into my malevolent psychic world theory. I think there's a lot of just bullshit going on
0: in Heathcliff. And, uh, I don't know what the ape it's means. It's just, it's such unearned wackiness. Like, I, I think garbage ape is a, is a pleasant arrangement of words. I could see somewhere in my life saying garbage ape in the context of something and being like, okay, that's fun. That's a fun kind of silly, but it's just, there's nothing else. Yeah. Like, if you found
2: a- like a dead ape at the dump, you'd be like, whoop,
0: garbage ape. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I, if you said that and I was at the dump with you, I would give you a genuine laugh. Right. Just a good series of funny sounds, according to yeah. Dennis Miller. That's garbage, and, <laughs> and I like the concept of, a, of an ape being either in charge of garbage or being garbage. Uh, That's a funny thing to juxtapose with an ape. I I think he
2: attacks them. That's an attack posture to me
0: Uh, I don't think he's gonna attack the cats because they love it But I think he's he's gonna fuck something up right and they they just eat the garbage in in like his wake of destruction I suppose so it it makes a kind of logic like uh, cats eat garbage Heathcliff eats garbage and if you'll he would he would appreciate if you look
2: back This is all I said I would do to you by the end. I said at the end Mm -hmm. you would say it makes a kind of sense. I follow a kind of logic. You crafty bastard! Fucking got you. <laughs>
1: this just felt yeah. like an like a like a sequel in Saw. Just the games <laughs> with my mind, and I yeah. don't know what to think.
0: Yeah, Gar- we're all trapped in some sort of a dark hell prison right now. Yeah. we need to solve these to get out. <laughs> Can you imagine? A, I do a, feel a like Saw movie based on Heathcliff comics? I do feel comics. like
2: I have to. Hey. I have to do something. <laughs> like it triggers that yeah. like puzzle-solving part of my brain. <laughs> That like that it watching really Twin Peaks or something does it doesn't feel entirely random. There's something there that's like I can I can track it. The human
0: brain fucking hates random. It's like the uh, it we'll do anything to make sense. There's of There's
2: a things. famous song that yeah. uh, I think it was Italian. An Italian guy did making fun of how English sounds to him, and he was just singing how gibberish English sounds to him without speaking English, and it is. You can't yeah. listen to it without, like, it tricks your brain into trying to hear every word, and it's so frustrating. It's so like, no, I, I almost, no, that's not it. I know, oh, no, I don't know that one. How do I feel? How do I feel about Heathcliff. A lot of complicated emotions with this cat. This cop-killing cat.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think that's a perfect way to go out on. Uh, Frida, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we go? <laughs>
1: the hole in my head. <laughs>
0: um.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Do I have anything to promote? Well, uh, yeah, watch, watch, watch Mighty Ones on, on Hulu and play Apex Legends and, uh, enjoy your damn self in this awful, awful time to be alive. Um, <laughs> find the joy in little things. Uh, honestly, stupid routines have sort of like grounded. I, it's just me and my husband and our three animals in our two bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. And, um, Stupid things that make sense sort of help anchor my brain before I just completely freak out and just, you know, kill everyone. Um, so
0: Heathcliff is specifically not your comfort zone. No, this saying. is
1: this is fully triggering me. Um, but
0: undone, so much progress. Like,
1: yeah, completely. No, we'll just, we have like... Things that that are order and make sense. Like, um we have this sort of like weekly ritual that we never used to because otherwise you just lose time and days and this sort of like bunker lifestyle. Like on the week my husband learned how to make fabulous breakfast burritos on the weekend. That makes sense to me. That feels sane and that sort of just like connects me to something that I that is reliable and enjoyable. This is neither a so you're reliable- plugging breakfast burritos. Hell That's yeah. Your, anti-heat
0: your husband's breakfast Breakfast burritos. Breakfast burritos. Breakfast burritos. Your anti, anti- heat.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, there's just everything has been just like on a on a grand scheme level everything has been so psychically chaotic and uh just unknowable and terrifying that concrete this is why look the biggest tv ratings have been the office and Frasier and just rewatch of reliable low-stakes comfort comedy because we're sick of surprises. But this was hilarious. Um, so thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Thanks for coming.
1: <laughs> Anytime. Anytime.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna
1: go rock back and forth now.
0: Einstein wounded, Frankfurt. you
2: This dog zone 9000 was made possible by contributions from hot dog supremes like Benjamin Siren, Dr. Awkward Yossary Josh S Zachary Evans Adrian Hisbrook Aidan Moat Brianne Whitney Josh Fabian Armando Navar Lyman Toasty God Neil Schaefer Doug Redmond Jaber Al Aydin David Forna Mike Stiles Eric Spalding, The artist formerly known as Devin Hawk Neil Bailey Micah Phillips Yanis Ioannidis, Polly Poisuo, John McCammon, Nick H., Matt Riley, Rhea, Rich Joslin, Ken Paisley, Timmy Leahy, Dean Costello, Three Finger Louie, Nick Ralston, Zdarfan, Jamie Gordon, John, and Jeremy Neal. Special thanks to Alpha Scientist Javo for posting Heathcliff daily in our Discord, even though nobody asked him to do that.